0: We are the rookie phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, web What up? We have so much to get into today. There's been a lot of news in the NBA, giant shakeups in organizations, some series have completed. I wanted to do this show in the last two days. But Webb has been unable to record because he's basically been, is it too much to say you've been an emotional wreck, Webb, just crying since the Lakers lost game five? Is that too much to say?
1: Yeah, I think that's a stretch.
0: He he wasn't an emotional wreck, but he was, no, you were an emotional wreck. I'm going to say it. (laughs) So I'm going to tell the listeners a little story before we get to you, Webb. I knew not to message him during the game because he'd be very upset. So the next day, I sent him a message totally unrelated to the Lakers. He responded almost immediately. And then right away, I sent a message with the Lakers. I saw he looked at it, and then he did not respond for two days. And that's the way special, and I just want everyone to know that's what
1: happened. 100%. I knew the whole time what you were doing. You were luring me Mm in.
0: (laughs) It had to happen. I knew messaging you with the Lakers right away was not going to work. I had to lure you in trick you i bamboozled
1: you that's what i did i knew what you were doing and 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 to be honest that night um tuesday it was rough it was very rough but i was okay the next day
0: we're gonna get to that uh let's talk about game sixes tonight it was just reported. We're recording this show at 9 o'clock. Anthony Davis is a go for game six. Webb, does, what does this do for your team
1: tonight? Oh, give us a much better chance. We're going to win the series. Um, AD in game five, uh, I think during one of the timeouts, he made a gesture with six fingers. He said it wasn't to indicate that he was playing game six, but I think it was. Um, so I'm not surprised that he's going to play. He's going to push it. And we're going to dominate the next two games.
0: Okay, so if he is injured, is, he, is Anthony Davis at 80% better than Andre Drummond at 100%?
1: Probably, yeah.
0: Okay, so you think... So for Game 5, Webb came on the show very forceful, and he guaranteed victory. The Lakers lost by 70. Webb, are you going to guarantee victory for Game 6 as well?
1: Okay, guaranteeing it. Guaranteeing the series.
0: But did you did you say that exact same words? Book it guaranteed for game five. I think you said the exact same words.
1: I believe I said guaranteed. <laughs> so you even more forceful for game five. Oh no, we're we're, we're winning tonight. I'm I'm pumped. I'm ready, man. a Nation. We know it's gonna happen.
0: Okay, let's talk about game five a little bit. Anthony Davis. Did not play. Everyone knew he had a serious groin injury that apparently only takes a day and a half to heal from. LeBron left the floor with five minutes left in the game. He was so sick of his teammates, he just walked off the court. Dennis Schroeder, a guy that was offered $80 million by your team, played 26 minutes. Had zero points. The Rob Palenka special, KCP, who was the best signing and I'm pretty sure... uh, Sorry, Palenka praised Jesus and thanked God that KCP came to LA had zero points as well. What happened in game five, Webb? Where are all these superstars you have on your team? What happened?
1: I don't know. Game five was a rough game. The last time I remember feeling like this, like a Laker fan was, uh, 2008 game six against the Celtics, uh, the finals. Um, that's the last time I remember feeling like this. It was, it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, Lakers jumped out to a 10-5 lead. LeBron was hot. Team was feeling real good. Really, really, really good. And then it was 21-10. Immediately. Cameron Payne, Devin Booker uh unconscious. Just we couldn't hit shots. We were settling for jumpers very early and just couldn't hit shots. LeBron, I mean LeBron played a good game relative to the other Lakers, but he didn't have a good game. And 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 Kuzma did his thing. It was bad. It was really bad. Couldn't stop the outside shooting, couldn't stop Devin Booker. Jay Crowder had his way like it was it was it was embarrassing.
0: Have a confession to make. Usually I'll watch two games at one time, three games at one time. This game was on and before halftime, Phoenix was up by like 25 or 30 points. I stopped watching the Lakers game and I put on Denver versus Portland. And I just stayed with that till the end. This game was an embarrassment. The Lakers are an embarrassment. LeBron leaving the court is an embarrassment. How do you feel th- knowing that your team has disgraced the NBA? Do you feel good about that,
1: Webb? It's what, it's what we needed. We needed a kick in the teeth to, to get it together. It's been a very disjointed, um, weird, injury-riddled year. And it's what we needed to win the next two games. We needed adversity in the playoffs.
0: I, I know you have chalked yourself into believing that, and I appreciate that more than anything. Because after you lose this series, it's going to hurt you so much more. And as long as you're in pain, I'm happy. So we're good.
1: It's going to be all the the better when we win this, the next two games. It's all good. Kick us when we're done. It's fine. We're going to win tonight. And after we win tonight, everyone's going to say, oh, yeah, you know, that's what I expected. And then come game seven, it's on. If you
0: win tonight, I think you will win game seven. So I I agree with you. I'm just not sure how well Anthony Davis is going to play if he has actually has a groin injury. I was of the opinion before Game 5 that he was faking it to come back and win Game 6 and 7 and dominate. But the storyline, you said I was crazy. You mocked me for this when it sounds like you're saying I was a 1,000% correct. Anthony Davis faked the injury to come back for Game 6 and 7. Is that what you're saying, Webb? That Coop is a genius? I would never say that.
1: You gotta, so how you gotta... You got to institutionalize me if you hear me say that.
0: Takes two signatures, and I know your wife, so it's possible. <laughs> How can he come back and dominate Game Six and Seven if his groin injury is so severe?
1: I mean, I don't. They, they never said it was so severe. I mean, it's a groin injury, so you you have to be cautious with it. But he was always day to day. I mean, you're being ridiculous if you think that Anthony Davis is trying to pull some theatrics, some Paul Pierce, uh, you know dramatic display of of heroics. He's not doing that. I think he has injury. Anthony Davis is never completely healthy. And I think tonight they're going to be careful with how they use him. Um, I don't think he's going to do as much movement on the perimeter. I think he's going to be inside a lot more. Um, He's going to be the hero, man. So
0: the only thing Anthony Davis cares about is being the most injured player playing through things to improve his rep. But Chris Paul wasn't having that. So he also faked a bunch of injuries in game five. I'm which one is taken away in a hearse tonight? Chris Paul or Anthony Davis? And then comes back. Paul bears everything taken away and they come back. Who, who who does it? Who is a better faker of injuries? Chris Paul or Anthony Davis?
1: Serious question. Uh I don't think any of them fake injuries, but come on. Uh I mean Chris Paul is always hurt. So I'll imagine Chris Paul gets hurt again.
0: Okay. Way to Play the fence like a coward. Let's move on to another team in LA, the Los Angeles Clippers. They had a game last night against the Dallas Mavericks in LA. Luka Doncic, my favorite player in basketball, destroyed the Clippers 105 to 100. Luka had 42, 8, and 14. Kawhi and Paul George combined had 43 and 11. How does that feel, Webb? How are the two best defenders in the NBA and two superstars? Losing to a kid, and a bunch of nobodies. How is this happening?
1: It was a cursed and Paul George sucks. Quiet uh, looked terrible yesterday, until the end. Um, I don't know. Tim Hardaway Jr. is still doing his thing. Like I, I still don't think he's a nobody. He's a decent. I think he's a, a decent option for sure. Well, Luca did his thing. Luca played very well. Um, the the home team hasn't won a game yet, so I imagine this is going go to go to game seven as well. Um, if Clippers lose. It's an embarrassment. So
0: I said I had the same thing written down. Every every road team has won. I think this is going seven as well. I would be shocked if uh, the Clippers didn't win the next game.
1: They almost won this game, man. It was 199. I believe Kawhi had the, the layup at the end, and I don't know what they did. They screwed it up like the so Clippers do.
0: It was 103 to 100, and then Kawhi had a chance to tie the game at 103, and then he missed but at ninety nine he, 99, he had a chance to go up, yeah he had a chance to go up yeah the he had had a chance to go up. yeah, they had a lot of chances there, man. There was a lot of the clippers Dallas did not win like dominate this game. The Clippers had every chance to steal it, and they just kept missing and missing and missing,
1: yep, Luka took over in the third, and it was it was embarrassing
0: so only one other Dallas Maverick had double digit points. Tim Hardaway had twenty. no one else had over ten points. This is not a good way to win a series, usually. The Clippers had five guys in double digits. I think Shaq said he's never seen a team win like this before. How does that happen, Webb? Like, Dallas should not be in this series. It doesn't make sense to me.
1: I chose Dallas. Sorry, I chose Clippers to win in five games. Uh, Somehow, Luka's neck injury wasn't a story last night when he was scoring 42 points. I don't know. Um, I really don't know. Like, Reggie Jackson's playing pretty well in this series. They have, Kawhi has been pretty solid. Paul George has been fine. I, uh, I, I don't get it. Like, the Clippers, I, I think the Clippers, if they had size and they're able to dominate inside, maybe they could, they could be running away with this thing, but I, I don't know. I don't get it. The Clippers play to their opponents. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't make sense to me.
0: I think Luca is just that good. I think he is really hard to stop. Because he's not like other NBA players. He's okay. not an amazing he's not
1: pardon? I said okay.
0: No, like I think it's easier to defend. Like for Kawhi, much more athletic guys. Luca moves so slow and like herky jerky. He doesn't move at one speed. Like he goes I think he's harder to defend because there's not other guys like him in the league. There's no one else that plays
1: like Luca. I see. Um Luca's been great. I honestly don't know. I, this is the second year they're playing against him in a row. He's been fantastic, uh but I think the the, the Mavs also have some good outside shooters or decent outside shooters. So I don't know if they're just uh, guarding the perimeter. I don't. I, I really don't know what it is. But the Clippers should be more more physical with the Mavs and more dominant. I think they're playing to the Mavs' game and just trying to. Reggie Jackson. There was a sequence, if not last game, but the game before, where Reggie Jackson took like three or four. Uh, attempts from behind the arc in a row. I think they're just they're just settling.
0: I think the Mavs have really spotty shooters. Like Tim Hardaway was three for ten from three. Dorian Finney Smith was two for six. They can hit shots in spurts, but they're not elite shot makers. Luca has a team of six men. Every guy is a sixth man, which is not a great way for it to win a series. I still think the Clippers win this series. I think Dallas just doesn't have the horses to do it. But it should never have been this close. This is pathetic for the Clippers.
1: Well, I don't think the Clippers have a great team either. I mean, it's other than Kawhi and Paul George, or other than Paul George, Kawhi is not really he doesn't really have a, a good team either. Um, Luca Luca's team isn't great, but I think it's decent. Um, I think the Clippers still win this series, but I, I'm not going to be sad if they lose. I'll, I'll be laughing at them for sure.
0: Will you be laughing at them from the like loser section after the Lakers also lose? The two LA, LA teams out at the same time. Is that what's going to happen?
1: Lakers will be in the second round.
0: A losers the whole, parade.
1: The whole the whole playoffs rests on what happens to the Lakers. Um, the Clippers team is is not great. I thought it was better than it than it is, but they're relying on Reggie Jackson as a third option. Nick Batum was get was getting a lot of shots. When the hell has Nick Batum been good? Like ten years ago? You know he
0: got like eighty million dollars from Charlotte. And then was immediately terrible. Idiots.
1: He had like one good year on Portland, maybe two, but he was never like, he was a solid third option, but he never deserved that money. Always injured.
0: Yeah. Always. He is terrible (laughs) and he's getting serious minutes in the Clippers. That's
1: I want them to lose
0: because I just think it'll be funny. If Kawhi blows the league up and leaves, I think that'd be fun, but I think they win. I really do.
1: I think they win as well, but I'm not rooting for them. That's for sure.
0: I would personally enjoy it almost more if the Lakers lost and the Clippers won because it would hurt you so much more as well, which I would I would really enjoy that almost more.
1: Hey, both teams are down 3-2, Lakers and Clippers. The entire city of L.A. is down. Uh, so like some losers.
0: Up. Let's move on to some series that are over. The Atlanta Hawks eliminated the New York Knicks. Four games to one. Atlanta won last night, 103 to 89. I thought the Knicks were going to win this series. Trey Young is the real deal against bad teams. There's a huge pause there against bad teams. Trey Young is the real deal against teams that don't play great defense against small guards. Trey Young can dominate.
1: You're the devil. <laughs> you know why? Because the Knicks in the regular season were a good defensive team, uh, but their roster's trash. So I agree with you. This is not an impressive win for. The Hawks, because of the Knicks, they're not good. They're, they're fraudulent, right? And uh, but Trey played his butt off. Um, and I'm excited to see them play uh, play Philly. It's going to be a really interesting series.
0: Yeah. I can't wait for it.
1: Yeah, that'll be good. But but I, that team's good. I'm going to see what happens with John Collins now um, in the summer. I um, want to see what happens with Nate McMillan. He probably gets the extension. Definitely. Uh, maybe Bogey's playing well. Gallo, eh. Uh. Good thing they only have him for $20, 20
0: million a year for two more years. Yeah. <laughs> for the most injured player in basketball.
1: Yeah. Not to do it, let's nine. go wrong.
0: <laughs> Remember when he signed that contract? I was like, that can't be correct. There's no way they gave him that much money. And they did. Yeah, they did no, it. it was a bad deal. Bad deal all around. I have a question about the Knicks. What happens with Julius Randle? They have him for a team option next year. Do they give him a, a max contract this offseason?
1: I wouldn't. I love Jules. I wouldn't give him a max contract. Um, but I also don't think they should let him walk. I don't know. They have to look. At, they have to see what they're going to do for in, do in the summer. They have cap space. They have options. Um, see what's out there. I'm not saying they should let Julius Randle leave. But obviously, also, don't give him a max contract. I don't believe that should be the go-to when a player excels in one particular year just i just don't believe in doing that
0: so they can keep him next year for 20 million roughly i think it would be crazy to extend him after one year and give him like 120 million dollars make him play one more year use your cast base use your draft capital see what he does next year he just got dominated in four games by a bad defensive team atlanta's not known for defense and he did nothing i'd want to see it for another year before i paid that guy all this money i really would
1: yeah definitely um and he's still young he's only 25 26 uh, but he's been in the league for a bit, like since 2014. And uh, this was his this was his big year. So this, was this like lightning in a bottle or, you know, was is this how he's going to play for the rest of the next, you know, five years? I, uh, I think Tibbs is good enough that you can have a competitive team. You don't need to give Julius Randle a max. I think people would be outraged if they did that. You'd be regretting it in two years. And this is me, someone who loves Julius Randle. I just don't think he's a, a number one option or a max guy. I think there are very few max players in the league. And Julius Randle's is not one of them.
0: I think Knicks fans would be okay with giving him a max actually, because they've been so miserable in basketball purgatory for the last like six years that anything is better than what they've had. But I think it's a terrible idea and they will regret it almost immediately. Like you said, it'll be a terrible idea.
1: Yeah, It'll, it'll be bad.
0: Okay. The next series I want to talk about is Utah versus Memphis. Memphis won the first game with Donovan Mitchell out. Mitchell came back for game two and they won four straight. Utah was just the much better team, right? There's not much to discuss here, right? Like they were just a better team. Memphis didn't really have a chance.
1: Yeah, Memphis is, I think, a couple years early before they can really compete.
0: I like Utah. I like Memphis. I was good either way. I just, Utah is the real deal. They're a great defensive team. They have shooters everywhere. I think Memphis, in two years, will be ready to compete. I think you're right for that. I agree.
1: Yeah, they're just too young, too inexperienced. And they don't have the outside shooting that Utah has, so that's a huge uh, disadvantage. And they're not, a, they're not as good of a defensive team. If they can load up with some veterans. I think for sure they have a good future.
0: I agree. Okay, the Nets beat the Boston Celtics 123-109 to eliminate them. Boston, we'll get to the Boston thing after. Let's talk about the series first. Brooklyn is really good at basketball. James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie. Who would have thought those guys would play well together? That's crazy, right? No one's had that coming.
1: I definitely didn't say that Brooklyn punched their ticket to the finals by getting James Harden. But, um, yeah, they're, Kyrie, I was talking to one of my friends today, uh, and we were just saying – Wait a second.
0: You don't have friends. Stop <laughs> saying this. Stop this lie, okay? You're talking to yourself in a mirror. Continue.
1: Whatever. So I was saying having Kyrie as a third option is just – it's ridiculous. It's not even fair. It's it's really it's a joke. Like I'd much rather have Kyrie as a third option than Julius Randle as a first option. Um and Yes. <laughs> yes. For all the money, it doesn't matter. Um and James Harden's dominating. James Harden is still is still very much so in his prime. Um KD to me is still very much so in his prime. I think he just looked fantastic. This team is the most rested team. Uh, in the playoffs, based on not playing much over the last couple of years,
0: in the history of yeah. basketball, not in <laughs> playoffs, and ever.
1: And this team, I'm all, we're always talking about the big three, but we're you know forget talk forget about Joe Harris, who's an elite shooter from downtown, uh, Landry Shamet, who's a great role player, uh, TLC, who's great, Nick Claxton, who I like a lot. Um, I mean I'm not huge on Blake Griffin, but he's. He's there. Uh,
0: he's better than Claxton right now, which is
1: crazy. But he's better than Claxton. I think I'd take Claxton for sure.
0: Claxton, no. I think he's I really weird looking. Like he doesn't. Look, he doesn't look like a basketball player.
1: You he's and these so guys don't look like basketball player.
0: He's a weird looking guy, man. That's all I'm saying. I would like take Blake Griffin. Looks like a basketball player. Nick Claxton does not look like a basketball player to me.
1: I just wish Blake Griffin could play basketball consistently.
0: Well, that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. The Guys that look like they play basketball can never play basketball. That's a problem.
1: <laughs> you're, you're a ridiculous person.
0: Okay, uh, the last series I want to talk about that is over. The Philadelphia 76ers eliminated the Washington Wizards last night, 129-112. This is closer than this score for the first half of the game. The 76ers are without Joel Embiid, who has a torn meniscus, and is somehow day-to-day. Jaron Jackson III had a torn meniscus and missed eight months. How is Joel Embiid coming back in three days? How is this working, Bob? I don't understand this.
1: I don't know if he's coming back in a few days, but I think the meniscus, uh, like the tears, can be so so weird. I remember Ron Artest or a Meta World piece had a had a torn meniscus when he was playing for the Lakers, and he came back within a couple of weeks of tearing it. And at that point, he was in his mid thirties, so I think it just depends on the severity. It depends on the severity of the tear and uh, your mobility and your risk of like rupturing the thing and. I think, Yeah, I think, that, I think that's what it boils down to. So, like, the fact that Embiid's day-to-day, I think it's very encouraging. I don't know if he'll be back this series, but it certainly leaves the possibility open for that. And, um, and yeah, it's going to be interesting.
0: I think – so I've had a torn meniscus. I've had knee surgery for a torn meniscus. I think it took me three weeks to be walking semi-normal again. I was 19, I think, when I had it. 20. Joel Embiid is a freak human being though So it's possible he could recover much faster I, He is always hurt though I don't understand how he's going to recover from this It took him two years to play in the NBA It doesn't make sense to me do you, it, He's always hurt How is he healthy now Like, Why hasn't he even rolled out for the series yet he, They should just do it
1: but I, I guess they're being told by the doctors That there's a chance that he comes back in one of the, the later games I, uh... Who
0: trusts doctors This is ridiculous
1: <laughs> They're known liars I. I think he'll be back. I just think some of the injuries, like I'm sure AD's injury could keep someone out for, for two weeks or longer, but he's back, you know, um, within a couple of days. So it, it it's interesting. I think it just varies from, from player to player, situation to situation and, and severity of injury as well. That's what I, I figure. You
0: would say that. I hope Embiid plays, but I have my doubts if he actually has a torn meniscus. Unless he's going down the AD route to fake an injury to make, make it seem better when he comes back, which is definitely possible.
1: You're ridiculous. I, I think that Embiid will play in the later part of the series if he does play at all. So I'm thinking like maybe game five, six, seven, if at all. I don't think he comes back before that.
0: The Denver-Portland series is still going on right now. The Game, game six is literally happening as we speak. I want to talk about game five for a second, because Dame Lillard is out of his mind good at basketball. He was 17 for 24, 12 for 17 from three, hit two of the most clutch shots I've ever seen in my life to go to overtime and then go to double overtime. Also, there was no doubt those shots were going in. He knew immediately. Like I had no doubt he was, they were going to go in and five that game. The rest of his team is terrible. They had two points combined in overtime and double overtime. How is that a thing? How did they do this? If I was Dame, I would have punched every single person in the face. McCollum missed a dunk double overtime. How do you miss a dunk? It wasn't like he wasn't tall enough. He just missed it. How are you a superstar? Yeah, they both did it. I don't understand these. How are these guys good during the season? Kind of and then this bad when it matters. They can't win a series if Dame is their only good player.
1: Yeah, I, honestly, I think Dame loses more when he drops over 40 when, than, <laughs> than when he's scoring like 20. I think Portland's odds of winning needs to have more balanced scoring than Dame going off for 55 points. Uh, Dame is Dame is unreal. I, I love Dame. And he couldn't have punched his teammates in the face because he wouldn't have won that... Uh, the the award that he got for a sportsmanship today. No,
0: they'd understand. They'd still give him the award. <laughs> Just show that box square. Like, yeah, that's fair. He had that coming.
1: He's he's fantastic, um, and he's always been overlooked. And it sucks that he didn't get more All Star appearances and more nods for All NBA sooner. But it's kind of in a a, a deep uh, point guard class with with Curry. That's um, his problem. It's that mm-hmm. he's
0: been, he's always been just like 98% of
1: Steph Curry. Yeah. But he's, he's fantastic. And he's, he's last of a dying breed. He's not out here complaining and saying I don't want to play and trade me to another team. Like he's not doing that. Like, uh, you know, a bunch of these players now that's an ingrained, ingrained in the, in the culture of the sport now. So I love that. He's a, he's a real one.
0: I was talking to an actual friend of mine yesterday because I have friends on like web. And I was saying that I think Dame is the most fun player to root for night to night because he might have 60 every other night. He's just so much fun to root for. He takes these crazy threes that always go in. I think Dame is
1: the most fun player in the NBA to root for. I really do. Oh, he's the, he's the biggest heat check player. He, he takes over Dame, Dame time is a real thing. It should be a part of every game. Like they should have it. It's Dame time. Okay. Dame time, Dame time. Like, he's i love him he's one of my favorite players to watch um he shoots from basically half court logo dame and he just doesn't play and and he he had he had a couple dope songs out so dame just an all all around fun person
0: false he did not have dope songs out he had songs out they were not dope. stop this stop this they were not dope let's move on to another point guard in the news. Chris Paul is likely declining his option for next season. The option would pay him $44 million. If he opts out, he'll be eligible for a three-year, $140 million contract with the Suns, or a three-year, $136 million contract with a different team. This will trigger the over-38 rule. Chris Paul negotiated the new CBA. He did this solely with him in mind to get this gigantic deal right now.
1: What do you think he does here, Webb? Um. Well, if he gets hurt... gets hurt badly i think he opts in like let's just say in game six six and seven he gets hurt because there will be a game seven but um you know i i said it earlier earlier this week if guys want to bet on themselves and think that they're worth more than people are currently valuing them at then all all the more power to them i think it would be silly to give 36 year old chris paul a um, hundred million dollars or over a hundred million dollars at this point in his career, I wouldn't do it, um, and I don't see why a, a a team that's contending for a title because Chris Paul is going to sign with a team that he thinks can win a title. Uh, I don't see why they would do it, but some some idiot's going some idiot GM's going to offer him this. I just wouldn't do it. So good luck to him. I'm sure, he'll get it from someone. I hope Phoenix does not give him a hundred forty
0: million dollars. I hope he gets it somewhere, but I hope it's not Phoenix. I think Phoenix can realistically compete. And Dame getting $45 million and his age 38 season, it's not going to go well. He's already limited athletically. It's only going to get worse. The injuries are only going to start piling up more and more. If I were Dame, I'd probably take the $44 million and try and make a run with Phoenix next year. You That's what CP3? I think I would do. Pardon?
1: You mean CP3? Chris Paul, yeah. Sorry, Chris Paul, yeah. Oh, okay. oh, you said Dame. That's all. Sorry. Dame on the brain, man. He's just amazing. I'm watching him play basketball right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah. So if I were Chris Paul, I honestly think I'd rather take the $44 million now because that's a hell of a lot. Um, let's say you don't ever get a contract that, that big ever. I think I'd still feel safer with the 44 mil. Um, rather than declining it, getting hurt, or just the market's just not there for you. But I, I think somebody's going to pay him... A small, I shouldn't say a small team, a, a, a bubbling team would probably pay him around $30 million.
0: I think if he opts out, he knows he has more coming. I think his agent's been told, like, we're going to give him 100 million for three years or whatever it is. I just, the, it, you don't get less injured when you get older, it gets worse. Right. Like, Webb is 48 years old now and his body's breaking down every day. He's a disaster. Sure. I love Chris Ball and. I hope he gets $140 million from somebody. I just would not want to be the somebody giving him that money. It's going to be a gigantic
1: mistake. I was just trying to think of the team that would even do that. like, And I, th- I know there's at least one team out there that would do it. I'm sure there's a couple of teams that would do it. But where would he go that he would be happy and get that money? Because he didn't want to be an OKC last year. Uh, I How don't think he Knicks? really... <sighs> I See, I don't think they would do that. Not, not this regime of the Knicks.
0: I think they might because they have the cap space.
1: That's what and I mean. Their, like, point,
0: their point guard is needed for one year, for two
1: years for seventy million. That might make some sense for them. I was thinking. Uh, yeah, I was trying to think of some teams. I was trying to think of you know potentially him going back to the Clippers. I don't know how that would work out with him, Paul George, and Kawhi. If Kawhi are, Kawhi is not going to opt in. He's going to try to get a new contract. Um, and I was thinking even him returning to New Orleans. I don't know tough i think chris paul has wrote written this
0: contract so he can get the most money possible so i think him opting in is not going to happen i see almost no way he takes the 44 million unless he gets seriously injured the next game yeah the next one game when they make it to the next series after this game it might be different for him but he definitely thinks he has like an 80 million dollar contract coming for sure
1: how silly are you going to feel when the Lakers stomp all over Phoenix tonight.
0: Probably as silly as when you guaranteed Phoenix losing Game Five. Probably in that same vein, right about there.
1: The, the funny thing is, by the time we record the next uh, pod, Game Seven, Six, and Seven will have already happened. happened. So I am one thousand. Talk-
0: I am recording my own podcast tomorrow if the Lakers lose. One hundred percent. I might do it tonight. I don't know. If the Lakers lose by 35 tonight, I'm recording at four in the morning. I'm just going to do it. Pass that. Good luck, luck, Arizona. Okay. Let's talk about another Eastern Conference team that has made some gigantic moves before we give our predictions for the next series. Webb's favorite coach in basketball, Brad Stevens, has lost his job. The president of team operations in Boston has retired in quotation marks. Danny Ainge. Brad Stevens, was promoted to head the president of basketball operations. He will be responsible for hiring the new coach at the Boston Celtics. Webb has said for some time, Brad Stevens needed to lose his job. I said Danny Ainge deserved to lose his job more than Brad Stevens. And we were both right. Because both guys lost their job. What does this mean for Boston going forward, Webb?
1: And who do you think the next coach is going to be? Very stupid. Very stupid. I've never seen a coach lose their job to move into the front office. Dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. i never seen this in basketball. I mean, maybe in football, there's been times when the coach has been fired and then uh, they moved into the front office in some capacity, but not as the president of basketball operations. Not that I can recall. Um, this is ridiculous. Brad Stevens deserved to go eight seasons with two Eastern Conference finals appearances to show for it. And a lot of first round exits or early exits, I should say, including this year. And now he's going to choose the coach to succeed him. Ridiculous. Um, Anyway, I do hope that the Celtics take a hard look at a lot of the uh, assistant coaches and and former coaches, a lot of the black coaches for this job opportunity. Um, I hope Brad Stevens, they have, they have a guy, they have an assistant on, uh, on Boston. Uh, Jerome, uh, I forgot his name. I have to double check, but he's on, uh, he's on the Celtics. Jerome Allen, uh, he's supposed to be getting a, a, a good luck. They have Chauncey Billups on the Clippers. The Lakers have Jason Kidd and, uh, uh Lionel Hollins. Uh, there's a number of, of people, uh, Lloyd Pierce, who just got fired from Atlanta is, you know, available. Um, uh, Mike Brown on Golden State is available. I may on Philly on Philly's available. There's a host of guys that they need to look at. There are rumors that Becky Becky Hammond could could be uh you know in line for this job uh, as well. So it's I actually don't know who they're gonna take. I just think there's a bunch of guys that they can look at over the nate Bjorkrins of the world. I think there's a bunch of guys and women they should consider Rabbi
0: like you. I think Becky Hammond deserves to start out this job. I'm not gonna say just guys like you did, right? I think that's disgraceful.
1: I'm not taking that bait.
0: <laughs> so here's my theory of what happened here. Danny Ainge was terrible at his job and Brad Stevens was responsible for a lot of these good draft picks. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I think Brad Stevens pushed for these guys and that's why he's given this job. The coaching wasn't to the owner's standards, but he was better in evaluating players and Danny was getting the credit for it. Do you think this is plausible? Nope. Nope why I not? think
1: cuz Danny Ainge has been around for since 2003 at least uh as GM uh or in that capacity and I think he's done a great job. I think he was a top 5 GM in the league uh and it wasn't because of the picks in the last like 5 6 years. Uh I think he did a a, a great job keeping his team competitive. His team was rebuilding multiple times and uh they stay competitive um the Paul Pierce like leveraging that Leveraging in t- 2007, that uh, that trade to get Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett was one of the greatest trades of all time. Unfortunately, they beat my Lakers with that roster. It didn't last very long in terms of championships, but they went back to the finals uh, in 2010. Went to Game Seven. Um, I like I like a lot of the picks that they made. I don't know if I can give Brad Stevens all the credit. Uh, I they made they made great trades throughout. Uh, sorry, great picks. Throughout, and they were competitive uh, a lot of the time. Um, so. then
0: I, then I don't understand this. Then, if he wasn't responsible p- for picking the players, why did they do this? It doesn't make sense to me. Then,
1: if who? If Brad's If uh, Danny Ainge?
0: If Brad Stevens wasn't picking these players recently, right? And discovering the talent, why push Danny Ainge out and elevate Brad Stevens? It doesn't make sense to me.
1: Uh, I think well, one Danny's. I, I don't know. I don't know what the relationship. Is like between Danny and and, and some of the other um, uh, execs between uh, between Wick the owner and Danny. I don't know. Um, did Danny get uh, Brad Stevens gets a lot of a lot of fanfare and a lot of uh, praise, and maybe the organization just didn't want to lose him. I don't think they would think you know ha- having an eye for talent and being a good exec. I think are two different things, especially if you had no experience. I don't think having an eye for talent necessarily translates to being a good exec and, and 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 vice versa being a good business person doesn't necessarily uh relate to, uh, translate to being a, a great exec i think i think you have to have like a marrying of the two um so i don't think brad stevens is necessarily going to be a great exec because he can spot talent i just i don't think you have to, you can have that alone and just succeed
0: i think spotting talent is the most important part of a general manager, president of basketball operations. That's I the think most that, important part of their job. I think I don't,
1: is. I disagree with that. I think that's the most important part for a scout. I think as a GM, I think people skills, being able to negotiate. I think that's probably the most important thing. I think you can build or have a good team around you for talent and, and, and having an eye for talent. I'm not saying you can't, you have, you, you'd be like MJ and, and not be able to spot talent. But I think it's 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 the people's skills. For me, for me, at least. So I I see it the exact opposite,
0: where you can find guys to do the business side. I like the same way you see it. I think it's more important though to know basketball and have someone else deal the business, than know business better and have someone deal with the scouting. Because if you have bad players, you're getting blamed no matter what. You give up bad contracts. People are like ah, the players are good though. There's more understanding there.
1: I would say. You'd be you have the eye for talent and you don't and you aren't able to and you have a bad um rapport with other execs that you have to do business with or you can't manage the players that you are drafting or signing or trading for well and you're 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 burning bridges and doing all that stuff i think you'll be out the door faster than i'm not saying someone who has no eye for talent you need to have that as a basic sort of thing but i would take someone who has the best people skills and the one B I have a talent than someone who has the one AI for talent and poor people skills. And like, you know, just that business savvy and being able to, uh, you know, being, being a charmer, being someone who can really negotiate a deal. Like I would, I would much rather have that person.
0: See, that makes sense though, for you, because you are so uncharming and uncharismatic, which is why you partnered for me with this podcast, because I am all of those things. And you look up to me so. So that makes sense that that's what you strive for in a person. As a leader, if you would. That makes sense. Thank mm-hmm. you, Webb. I appreciate that very much.
1: I really love that you believe that stuff, man.
0: <laughs> don't, don't, take, don't take this away from me, please. That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, honestly, part of the reason Danny Ainge is out is how he did. Isa- what he did to Isaiah was so dirty. I think the rest of the league had issues signing in Boston. They thought that they would be pushed out no matter what. And I think that's why he's gone. The players, like you just said, thought that he was just so cold, cold-blooded that he would trade them for anything better. And that's why he's out. I think the, that his personal skills were the reason, though.
1: Yeah, maybe. And also, I don't know how good his relationship was with Kyrie. I think uh, as much as we say Kyrie. That doesn't matter. One...
0: That doesn't matter. That's Kyrie.
1: No, no. But I think, I think Kyrie has a good relationship with the players. And I don't know what Kyrie has told the other players about about uh, Danny Ainge.
0: Danny Ainge isn't from the moon, so he's never going to get along with Kyrie fully. It's just <laughs> I guess it's not so. going to happen. Okay, let's move on to our Eastern Conference semifinals predictions. The series are set. Brooklyn versus Milwaukee and Atlanta versus Philly. Let's start with the lesser series, Atlanta versus Philly. Webb,
1: what is your prediction here? Uh, I'm just going to assume that Joel Embiid... Does not play just because I don't have any information to indicate that he will play. I This is a, this is a tough series for me to think about, but I'm going to go with Philly without Embiid, assuming he does not play the whole series, in seven. I want to say six, but I think going to Atlanta will prove tough for Philly without Embiid because I don't know where the scoring is going to come from night to night. So I have Philly over Atlanta, even without Embiid. In
0: my prediction, I have him beat out as well. I do not think he comes back. His body is too big. A meniscus tear is too serious. I had Philly making and winning the finals before the playoffs started. Now I have Atlanta knocking them out in seven. I don't think this team has scoring night to night, like you just said. Ben Simmons is going to get you 12 points a game. Tobias Harris can get you 25. Tyrese, Maxey, Shake Milton. These guys are too unreliable night to night for me to think. That they they can score enough to win this series. Trey Young is going to show up every night. Philly is one of the Boy. best defensive. Philly is one of the best defensive teams in basketball. If they weren't, I think this would be over in four. I think it goes seven. I think Atlanta wins.
1: Well, it's interesting that we still see Philly taking Atlanta to the brink. Um, I thought you were going to go crazy and say Atlanta is going to clobber them without Embiid. I think uh, if you say Atlanta seven, I I'm not going to argue against you because we're both. We're, we're a game apart. Or sorry, we went with the other team in, in, in the same amount of games. I don't think Atlanta's good. I just think
0: Philly is worse without Embiid. I think he's the st- the straw that stirs the drink. Ben Simmons cannot be your number two scorer. He's just not good enough. He has no threat to shoot be- from more than eight feet. The is one of the best defenders in basketball. He also cannot shoot. If you got to play both those guys to defend Philly's sh- Atlanta shooters... You're playing five on three. That's not a good way to win a series. It may happen. I think this is more about Philly being without the second in MVP. Their their team is so depleted. More about than Atlanta being good.
1: Yeah, uh, you know you're not wrong. I I chose Philly because I think they're gonna play a different game with Atlanta. Or sorry, Atlanta's gonna play a different game. It's not gonna be Atlanta against the Knicks. I think Atlanta really uh, over overachieved in their mind. They, I don't know if they knew they were gonna come out of the first round when. You know, before the seating was set, I think they were just happy to make it to the playoffs. Um, but this is a different team that they're playing. It's like a good defensive team. Um, I was I really liked what I saw from Philly last night. Ben Simmons played very great, played well. Uh, Seth Curry, he's not going to be shooting like that every night. Tobias Harris was great. Dwight Howard did a great job. Terrence Maxey, um, you know, I I just think this game's going to slow down a lot for Atlanta. It's not going to be the fast paced, uh, you know. Quick uh, up and down scoring that they, they were doing with uh, the Knicks. I think it's going to be a lot of half-court basketball. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. But Ben Simmons, you know, Philly as a team on the fast break and transition is is, is a very scary team, especially with Ben Simmons. He played center yesterday. Um, it's going to be interesting. I, 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 I'm not going to say, you know, you're crazy for tra- choosing Atlanta. I just think uh, a lot's going to determine how both teams play on the road. Like, I want to see that.
0: I love doing the podcast with you because you and I can look at the same exact things and see something just a little different that makes me think different things. When you said Atlanta, sorry, Philly is so good in the fast break, which is 100% true. I just started thinking about Atlanta being able to score 13 points, 15 points in three minutes. And Philly can just never come back from that because they score so slow. You said something and I was like, that makes me think something totally different, which is really interesting to me. I just... If Trey Young hits three threes and Herter hits one, like how does Philly make that up quickly? I don't know how they do it. That's yeah, why they, I think Atlanta wins the series.
1: And, and, and that's why I think Philly's, sorry, Atlanta's gonna have to really guard the perimeter and really uh, make this, uh, uh, you know, force turnovers in transition. Ben Simmons is one of the best players in the league, unstoppable, basically. And uh, if they can limit Trey Young, Throw Tybal right. on him,
0: unstoppable from where? Like three feet? I agree with you, unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, yeah in transition, in transition. Yeah, yeah. Go I to five sure. feet, he's very stoppable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's, it's gonna be interesting. I, I, I'm trying to think of just the advantages that Atlanta has, and that would be outside shooting, and obviously someone like Trey Young. I think Philly has some size on them. I think Philly has some has some real size on them with uh even without Embiid having uh Dwight and. Ben Simmons, two guys who can't really score from outside, but would be great interior defenders. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm, really I'm not sure
0: Dwight that. can play in this series very much. You don't think so think
1: even against Capella?
0: I'm not sure because Capella can play a little bit out from the basket sometimes. I'm not sure that Dwight is a great matchup in this series for Atlanta. I think they got Dwight thinking they'd be in the finals and, yeah, against we'll the see. Lakers. I just That's what I think they did about it for. I think they do not need him. They did not need him with Embiid in the East, and now they right. definitely it was a great signing.
1: Right, they didn't need him with Embiid. I think he plays. I don't know how much he plays, but I think I think he can definitely use him to for, for some good minutes uh, inside to to clean up the glass. It's basically all he really do: block shots. Is he closing
0: uh, the game? Like, is he playing in the last one That's
1: what I'm saying. No, 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 no.
0: That's what I was saying about not playing. Like, I don't think they're going to need him to close out games. Right. I think they're going to go small. And try him out like yeah, it's I think Dwight is actually a really useful player now. This is not against Dwight, it's just that I think against Atlanta he's a bad matchup to close out games.
1: If 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 Philly's gonna try and play Atlanta's game, they're losing this series because you're not gonna score at the same clip and you're not gonna be able to match them from the outside shooting.
0: Yeah, true. Okay, uh the much better series I think. The much more interesting series. Brooklyn versus Milwaukee. Web, I think this is maybe the most fun series of the playoffs. This has so much potential to be exciting and fun and just a crazy matchup. What are you predicting here?
1: Ooh, uh, well, I have Brooklyn uh, winning. This is this is tough because I, I want to give Milwaukee their their credit because they're not a they're not a walk, walk walk sorry they're not a cakewalk team. Very good defensively. They can shoot from outside. They could probably shoot from outside just as well as Brooklyn on a given night. But I think, I'm, I think I'm going Brooklyn in six. A close six, but six. I wouldn't be surprised if it's seven, but I think I'm going to go Brooklyn in six.
0: I also have Brooklyn in six, and I would not be surprised if it's Brooklyn in five or four. Oh, you see a, a sweep. My prediction, my prediction is six. I would be much less surprised if it's Brooklyn in four than if it's Brooklyn in seven. I think that's more likely than seven. I think Harden, Kyrie, and KD are all on different levels. Like those guys are what three of the best fifteen players in basketball? Yeah. That. Yeah. Maybe top ten. Like.
1: Still standing. Ky- yeah.
0: Kyrie's the best player on Mars. Like they're just <laughs> crazy. This team.
1: <laughs> I. I. Uh, Kyrie is. All of them can go for, four, for forty in a night. Um, I would like to see that those three guys score 120 points by themselves.
0: So I think Giannis is a superstar, but he is so limited at some of the things he can do. And the guy that will probably be guarding him, KG, is not limited to those things. If KD was fully recovered from his injuries, I would say it's a sweep. That's how much better he is than everybody else. I, I think he may not guard him the full game because of the injuries, but I d- they're so good, man. Like, they destroy people. They can turn it on whenever they want. They they know Milwaukee's a threat. They're going to destroy this team. I could see Joe Harris having t- 30 points one night because he had just, like, eight open threes that no one covered him. I don't know how Milwaukee, who is a great defensive team, stops two of these guys in the night. They may be able to stop one, but they can't stop three for sure.
1: And I doubt they can stop two. Yeah, they may have to just live with two of them you know, get in their buckets. And, you know, Boston beat Brooklyn in that one game. And both KD and Kyrie, I think, had like 30-something. So it is possible to beat them even if two of them excel. Um But that's one game. To do that in a series is damn near impossible. Um, and Milwaukee can shoot. And there might be a game where Brooklyn doesn't shoot that well. Um, so that's why I give it give Milwaukee a couple games. Um also in the regular season they played Brooklyn pretty well. Uh obviously Milwaukee's the better interior player or team. And Drew Holiday changes things. Like I want to see if he matches up with Kyrie. I imagine he does, or if he matches up with Harden. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens. I think Harden probably dominate Drew Holiday, uh, you know, yeah. relatively.
0: That's my thought too. I think Drew Hol- Drew takes Kyrie. I think they could take him out of the game. Like, Kind of, I think it'll be Kyrie may not get 30, but he'll get 20. Drew is one of the best guard defenders in basketball, but like is out for Milwaukee, which I think is actually a bigger injury than people aren't talking about too much. I think he's a good player for them. I forgot about that. Man. Yeah, he's out for the season, the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, he's not a great player, but he's good and he can give you five fouls and play some like 20 minutes a night. I think oh, he's solid. him, yeah, he's a good player. He's not like he's not a garbage guy, you know, he's a good player. He's their seventh man, probably. And he had good minutes in a night. I just don't know how you stop KD and James Harden. Giannis is a great defender, but KD is a better scorer. You know, like, I just don't know how they do it.
1: You know what I've been saying? You know, I've, I'm just waving my KD best offensive player in NBA history. Uh, best scorer ever. And it's like, and maybe people people think I'm crazy. Maybe they don't. But No, they do. They do. But... When so Giannis is a fantastic defender. All NBA for sure. Been like that for years. When KD's pulling up from twenty eight feet, and then on the neck in the next sequence he's driving to the basket, and in the next sequence he's stopping a dime, pulling up from seventeen. What do you do? When one I'm of lose <laughs> when what one of these do? when one of these three guys will be on the court for the entire game, at least one will be on the court for the entire game. What do you do? The minutes are gonna be Absolutely crazy for Giannis and Drew Holiday in this game because it's it, it, if it's not KD, it's going to be Harden and Kyrie, and if it's not those guys, it's going to be KD and Kyrie, or it's going to be Kyrie, it's going to be KD. It's like it's going to pick your poison.
0: If I were Milwaukee, I would try and make this a street fight, be super physical with these guys. KD and Kyrie aren't the most durable players in basketball history. <laughs> Harden is surprisingly durable his whole career, basically, except for theory when he took off a month this year just to hang out for a while. <laughs> I am positive that's what it was, by the way. There's no way he's hurt. You can't hurt that body. It's impossible. Oh oh the
1: hamstring? Yeah it's fake. Oh yeah. It's yeah, a fake yeah, injury. Yeah. I don't know if it was fake. I think he did get hurt. I just think they didn't want to they didn't want to take any chances. I don't think it was fake. I think
0: when LeBron took those two weeks off what like two years ago to rest and relax in the middle of the season, I think players see that as a status symbol now. Like I could do this too. I'm just going to go hang out for a while and say I have an injury. I don't believe it at all. But Well,
1: Ka- well Kawhi has that built in his contract that he's not going to play a full season.
0: We have talked he- about that numerous times and we are both hate that stuff. Yeah. And I think honestly doing it the way Harden did it is less disrespectful to me than what Ka- Ka- Kawhi does. I'd rather you out for a month and fake it than every other game. I think that's way more insulting. <laughs> but I don't like if I were Giannis. I would play really dirty. I really would. I would try and ugly this up. I would try and win 90, 86, 80 to 74. Like, I don't think they could do it, but that's what my hope would be. I don't think it's possible though, but that's what, there's no way they're winning 130, 126. It's not going to happen. They're not winning that game. They have to make it low scoring and I don't think they can do it.
1: This team is going to the finals. The Brooklyn Nets, as soon as they got James Harden, I said this team punched a ticket to the finals. They're going to do it. With Kyrie and Katie alone, this team was a threat to go to the finals uh they're they're ridiculous, not to mention Bruce Brown, who I think is a fantastic role player. They have a good team. they just don't have a, a very deep front court solid team and Milwaukee's not a you know it's not small potatoes, but yeah I' Chris, I've
0: never been the biggest Chris Middleton fan, but you hate him I really do. I don't like him at all. I was trying to be nice here and say I'm not the biggest fan. I, I don't think he's that good, man. And I think that it's really going to show up in this series. <laughs> I'm
1: not. I'm not saying he's a fantastic player, but I think he's a. At least this season, I think he was a top 30, 35 player. This year, I
0: think they gave him 140 million dollars. Yeah. What I think happened. Yeah. That's, I think yeah. that was a gigantic mistake that they're going to regret for years. <laughs> It's never been the player, it's the contract I hate so much. It's kind of the player. But it's both. It's like he's not that good and they paid him way too much money.
1: I to be honest, I think they gave Drew Holiday that extension too quickly. Not to say that they're gonna regret it. I just think they could've they could have waited a little bit, but
0: NBA teams love playing paying players. It's their favorite thing to do. They never yeah. wait, they never wait a year to see where things stand. They're like, take my money, please take it. And then it has to get traded in eight months. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Webb. We're gonna end the show here. I want your last prediction right now. The Lakers game starts in twenty minutes. What is the score tonight? What is A D stat line? And what is LeBron stat line? Three predictions for you,
1: from you. Holy smokes. Uh that's insane. Uh the score tonight. Okay, let me let me answer that last. Um A D stat line tonight is 21 and 13. Okay. What's LeBron get? LeBron gets 32.
0: Okay. And final score? Uh, 110-101. Lakers. Okay. So I am going to say Phoenix wins this game 114-109. Okay. Anthony Davis has 17 and 8.
1: Okay. LeBron
0: has 37.
1: I was going to say 36, but I, I went with 32. So so I think the it'll... other players step up.
0: For the last game, you guaranteed victory, and that blew up directly in your face. Can you please guarantee victory again tonight so I can clip this out and play it for for viewers for for years to come?
1: Guaranteeing game six victory. Coop, you're going to feel so stupid.
0: No, I'm good. I'm good either way. I can't wait.
1: We should probably predict uh, the Denver-Portland series as well. And yeah. I think Denver wins tonight and ends the series
0: right now. The score is one hundred three, one hundred two for everyone.
1: I think Denver wins tonight and ends the series. Damn. Yeah. No, no team has won consecutive game so far. Uh, okay. I'm going with Portland. Portland had a big lead and I don't know what the hell happened. It evaporated. Exactly. Yeah, I've been watching and that, that's why I think
0: Denver's <laughs> going to win the game. It is if Denver. you would ask me before the game, I thought Portland would tie it up. Go seven. Yeah. I think Denver takes it now.
1: They, they they just let Monty Morris just take that three at the end of the third quarter like like they didn't care at all.
0: Yes, because they did not care at all. <laughs> Damon, <it>, nothing else. <laughs> Everybody, please go follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. We are huge on verbal. Please go to UndraftedSports.com and check out our podcast network. There are a lot of great podcasts there. Webb, what's your favorite podcast there?
1: Uh, it would be uh, Trust... Trust the bank. It's a good one. Baltimore yeah. Ravens special. It's a good one. Yeah.
0: Everybody, please root for the Phoenix Suns tonight. so the web cries and stuff to sleep. Thank you Evan, for listening. Have a great night.
1: Lakers in seven. We out. Uh-